Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 Podcast. It is I, your trusted Dungeon Master Brian, welcoming you once again to another episode of our Dragon's Demand run-through. But before we begin, as always, I like to kind of ramble on and throw out my two pieces of copper for you. If you'll notice on this episode that your trusted Dungeon Master, your Master of Ceremony, seemed a little bit down. You saw me drinking water on this episode. You'll understand why. Because your trusted Dungeon Master only drinks water when he's recording or playing for two reasons. One is if he's got it with his Woodford whiskey. And two, if he's feeling under the weather. And of course, unfortunately, it wasn't the first one. It was the second one. So your trusted DM had to go and find himself a local cleric who then announced to him through poking and prodding that he had diverticulitis. Yes, and if you've never had that, then I hope you never get that. And if you do get that, then I pray to the gods that you come to a cure soon. Because let me tell you, it's no fun. Anyways, all that being said, you don't need to hear about my L's, which I'm still L'ing me right now. But what you need to know is that head on over to RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com and drop me a line. Drop me an email. Let me know how you're liking the show. I know things are a little sparse right now. If you look behind me, you'll see that my office behind me is completely devoid of all my books right now. That's not because I sold them, but that is because they are in boxes. Yes, right now we are taking this show to the East Coast. And I know what you think. Well, what's that mean for everybody else? Well, we're going to be going nationwide, coast to coast and in between. We got Chris coming out of Colorado. We got Junior and Ryan staying on the West Coast and I myself am moving to the East Coast. So if our production is a little spotty while we're hammering out all the the details for nestling back down so we can keep on recording, please be patient with the show. And like I said, you you could follow us on all of our social media footprints, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, find out how things are going. Uh, I just finished dropping the last episode of our Delta Green run-through of uh, Future Perfect. I almost forgot, man, it's been so wild, so long. Anyways, so if, you, if you're interested in hearing myself and the hard slingers of your play that, then go ahead and uh, listen to that. The feed is on the website. It's also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and we're also on Amazon Podcast as well. So catch us catch any of our old shows they're all populated through there i guess the only thing left to do right now is maybe uh warm up your dice and top off your glass with water i guess as roll the hard 20 podcast presents episode 17 of our dragon's demand run through return to the quarry It's like uh, Pulp Fiction, Senor Bush or Booch. What? The um, Esmeralda Villa Lobos, the taxi driver. Oh shit! It's like Mister Booch. Mister Booch, the boxer. Okay, yep. I remember now. The part I fast forward all the time because I got to get to the gimp. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> So are we ready? Yeah, let's do it. How's things going, everybody? First of all, before before we begin, how are things going? It's good. Graduation season. Busy, busy. Yeah, it is. It is. 
I got two younger brothers that are graduating this year. Oh, that's awesome. Good for them. Fun times. Without any further delay. Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 podcast. Is I, your trusted Dungeon Master Brian, and with me, the Hard Slingers. As we prepare to lead into number 17 of our Dragon's Demand run-through. Now, before we begin, as always, it's always some kind of news. We are going to be going nationwide, coast to coast, and everywhere in between, because I will be relocating to Florida next month. So we're going to hit every bit of time zone that we can. So be prepared. Wear that sunscreen. <laughs> and to bed. <laughs> and and mosquito repellent. Exactly. So you guys were uh, in Hunkley's Manor. You guys had gone down a one of the main corridors off of the uh, off the entrance room. Remember, there was all kinds of stuff in that large room. There was a, a big bird cage against the northern wall of this grand hall with these birds just going crazy. There were uh, these giant, uh, I forget, I think they were Taldorian uh, throw rugs all over the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a door against the west wall, a door against the east wall and a set of uh, iron-bound spiral staircase that went up and went down in the southeastern corner. You guys decided to go through the door to the west, which revealed a long corridor with two doors uh, about midway through these corridors, one in the south wall, one against the north wall. You guys entered the southern door and found that there was a dining hall there with all these pictures of, of pyramids and uh, just these large desert scapes all around the, the room from different perspectives. Nothing of real value in there. And then you guys decided to go to the door against the north wall. As I had said to Stabby, it is unlocked. And that was where we pick up right now. Okay. Uh, can Does it look like, can I see any light coming from underneath the, the door? Is it possible to, to see? Uh, go ahead and make a perception check. Or can you see in the dark? Because it's kind of dim light. Yeah, I, I don't have dark vision. Okay, you. it does look like there's some kind of a uh, of a light, but it's really diffused that you're seeing uh, beneath okay. that threshold. But it's brighter than the light that's in the hallway. Uh, just barely, though. We're talking like a few lumens greater than what you're in right now. Okay. Uh, I, I look back at the rest of the party and, and say, hey, look, this door looks like it's unlocked. Um, are you guys down with me swinging this baby open? Get this baby Just out. Tear down, man. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Um, um, I don't recall. Did it open to the left or the right? I think it was the left. No, it opens oh. to the uh, to the right. Oh, to like the, the right. The handle's on the left, so it's going to open to the right. Okay. It was, it was opposite the door that was in the south wall. Okay, so I'm going to be on the side um, closest to the hinges. I'm going to turn the handle, and I'm going to swing that door open with all my strength that the halfling has. (laughs) (laughs) So the door swings wide, and you see that it opens onto a 30-foot wide room that's 40 feet long. You see that, again, just the same kind of construct that the rest of the manor has been made out of with these large gray stones. Against the northern wall, you see a a thick paned glass window, which is letting in some light 
that appears to be the light source that you were seeing beneath the threshold. You see a deep, uh, lavish rug of Osirian design that occupies the center of this floor with four small couches at each corner facing in uh, towards the center of the rug. In the northeast corner, you see a huge globe that looks like a, a representation of possibly the planet you're on. Uh, and it's cradled in a giant polished mahogany stand. This thing's easily like five feet in diameter. Okay. Um, are there any like uh, dressers or chests, not treasure chests, but chests or dressers or any other storage uh, containers in this room? No, no other storage. Uh, you see a, a few stands against the wall as well, close by that giant orb. Uh, one of them has like a like a brass and iron sextant. Uh, another kind of uh, some kind of astrology. Uh, there goes those dogs. <laughs> another kind of astrology type of a of a device uh, used for making some type of astro astronomical measurements. Um, just things like that. Okay. Um, any other um, windows besides the one on the north wall? No. Uh, any other but doors? It's big. It's probably like 10 feet by 10 feet. Okay. Any other doors? No. Not that you can see. Um, I'm going to enter the room and I'm going to make my way towards that globe. Okay. Now, I, I also wanted to say this last time um, during the last session, wherever you guys go, wherever you guys are looking or, or standing or being or whatever, be specific about where you are because it, it will help me convey things that mm -hmm. as you come across them or whatnot. Okay, so I'll I'll enter the door on the south side of the room. Um, I will head um, east along that wall, and then uh, north towards the the giant globe. Okay, in that northeast corner. Yeah, um, as you get as you get close to the globe, you can see that it, it really starts to take on uh, more defined shapes that you couldn't see from that far back. Uh, you see that it's it's made of jewel like different jewels that depict different continents and oceans. You see thin strands of gold that denote uh, latitude lines and silver that denote uh, longitude lines. It's it's really intricate the way that this thing is is designed. Um, is the globe a solid mass or does it look like it may be two halves uh, put together? Uh, you'd have to get in a little closer and probably do some uh, some checking out on that. Okay. Um, some investigation. Dig, dig. Yeah, so I'd like to move a little closer to the globe. Um, I'd like to see if that, that globe is all you know, that's put together. I would like to step in behind him and follow him in. I would like to assist him with that role. Repeat what you're going to do, Stebby. You broke up. I'm, I think my internet's causing some problems on this end. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to move... I'm going to move closer to that globe and I'd like to do an investigation check to see if that, that globe is a solid mass or okay. perhaps it's two halves okay. pieced together. And then, um, Warren, you're going to assist me with that. Please. Yes. Um, uh, help me here. Do I get another, you uh, get advantage. Okay. So I'm going to roll investigation with advantage. And I rolled uh, 12. 12. 
looking at the different lines and stuff, they look as they look as though they're meshed up properly. But whether or not you could tell that that the craftsmanship is comprised of two halves, you really can't tell without possibly starting to dismantle the longitude and latitude uh, mesh that exists around it. Okay, I I look back at Warren and and I I said. Uh, Warren, I wasn't really able to tell if this was a solid mass or not, but I'm interested to know if there's something else inside this globe of interest. Uh, I am as well. And if we have time later, we should definitely come back and investigate. But um, I'm afraid that's going to be at the Countess's uh, uh, whim. Okay. Uh, and at that, Warren will take a quick look around. So this appears to be like a study of some sort. It looks like a, some kind of a study or a parlor where somebody where people would go to read a book or something and relax. Mm. Again, you see very similar uh, paintings along the wall, also very similar to the dining hall across the way of okay. uh, just these uh, unearthly landscapes that are hung along the wall. Not so much pyramids, but just different foreign bodies that you you're probably not familiar with. I don't know what the travels are that uh, Warren Belheim was once accustomed to before he got stuck in the ring. Uh, but it's highly possible you're not familiar with these vistas that you're seeing. Okay. Um, homie got and... around. What's that, Flint? I said homie got around. That's right. <laughs> he traveled uh, from all sorts of coasts. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this is what happens when you're a member of a court. Um, is there like a desk, like a writing desk, a study desk, anything like that? No, just like little, um, like knickknack end tables that are probably mm -hmm. no bigger than maybe 10 inches in diameter. What they have the sextant on and these other devices to inspect uh, stars and, and constellations and whatnot, little telescopes. So um, then the only other thing that uh, I'm interested in doing in the, the room while we're in here is just taking a quick look around, looking if there was any sort of like... Um, uh, a, a journal or a log or notes. Um, I'll take like a quick perusal through any drawers that are in there. Um, but like time is of the essence. Uh, and, and Warren will, will kind of say to, to Flint Sirkin and, and Sebi, um, uh, we certainly don't have much more time before uh, the Countess is going to be uh, alerted to us being in here. So the Baroness or the Baroness, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been a little while. Well, been a little the while the countess while. might be okay with it, but I don't think the baroness would be all right with it. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, there are no drawers in here. The okay. little stands that these items are set upon, they're just uh, like burnt wood that's been uh, basically treated to have a sheen to them. And then with these devices are set atop of them, kind of like uh, trophies or whatnot. Okay. Um, in that case, uh, I'll look around and look to the others and say, well, the only other thing that I feel we absolutely should look at before leaving is possibly the basement. Does anyone have thoughts on that? Once all land. He just walks into the room and just kind of looks around and looks at all the paintings on the wall and kind of looks similar to the last room. I'm down to go to the basement. Yeah, Sarkin agrees as well. Okay. Excellent. So you guys uh, make your 
tell, tell me what you guys want to do. I don't want to assume anything. Oh, uh, at that, Warren will turn around and, and just start heading down the hall towards the main room and then towards the staircase. And before actually stepping down it, we'll just like try to take a brief look down there, see if he can see anything. It looks like it goes down probably about 25 feet or so where it ends. Okay. It looks like it deposits uh, into some kind of a room that you can't tell from where the where it is that the staircase puts you in, whether it's a, a corner or the middle of the room or, or anything else like that. Okay. What is the lighting like? Is it dark? Again, low light. Okay. Similar to what you've been seeing all along this whole time. And you said it was a spiral staircase? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I'll kind of like look at Stabby, look at the the staircase and look back and say, "Are you, would you like to go or shall I? Uh, this is my job. I'll go forward. Can I make an after you gesture? Okay. <laughs> so you make your way down this iron spiral staircase and you see that as you get closer to the bottom that it looks like it's putting you in the southeastern corner of a large room. It's probably about maybe about 25 feet wide and maybe 80 feet long. And there are just all these boxes. It, you know, some are small crates, some are larger crates, some are stacked atop of each other. And you can see that against the uh, western wall, about 30 feet up on that wall is a door that looks like it goes somewhere, obviously. But the, the crates that are in this room are just stacked and strewn about in some kind of an order, but it extends for the full 80 feet of this of this room. Any markers on the crates? Uh, as you go, where do you wanna go up to the first one? You I'll see, it says as though it comes from someplace in Magnamara. It says some, some of the effect of dried meat on one crate. You said the door is in the northwest corner of this room? No, it's against the western wall. About, oh, just 30, about 30 feet up the wall. Um, up the wall, you mean not up towards the ceiling, but... No, no, no. Like, it, you know, if you're in the southwestern corner and then you go across, you see the, the western wall. About 30 feet along that wall okay. is the door. Is it opened or is it closed? It's closed. Okay. <clears throat> Is there any like torch holders in this area? Just examining Flynn, examining the walls. Is there anything that you know they might have propped a, a no, torch you, up to work in this area? You don't see anything, any of those uh, sconces that are in the wall that would hold the torches. You don't see any candles or anything like that either. In fact, it's the illumination in, down in here is considerably dimmer than it was upstairs. Okay. So I, I look back at the group and, and say, hey, you know, with, with the uh, illumination being less, I'm I'm going to be uh, handicapped here a little bit. Uh, I'll step forward and take a closer eye since I can see perfectly in darkness. Um, Kiartan, you have dark vision? Me? Kiartan, or Sirkin, uh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I always do that. <laughs> like, who the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do. Okay. Only our poor 
Stubby. Little. Stabby. With not. And I'm um, not lighting any candles. You know, if you go to less. Butcher's Bay, you can get your eyes shine for 10 menthols. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Warren's going to walk up to, there's just the one side door, right? There's, from what you can tell, there's only one door. Okay. Warren will uh, just kind of like walk up to it real quick. Um, just take a quick cursory inspection, which is probably like I'm not seeing anything that like Stabby might that might catch his eye. Um, and then I will very, very uh, carefully like grasp the handle and then very quickly and suddenly like turn it, uh, turn the knob and open the door. Okay. The door swings open and you see it's the midway of a long hallway <clears throat> that goes north to south. That's 10 feet wide. And it looks like it goes about 100 feet to the north and about another 40 feet to the south before they turn, uh, both ends turn west. Uh, I'll kind of like turn around and just say to those, it looks like this hall turns to the west and I can't see the end of it. I'm just going to just go to the bed real quick. And so I'm going to go to, you said the south is about 40 feet? Yeah, the south is about 40 feet. And then the north is about 100 feet. I'm going to go south and not like around the corner, but like move up right to the edge of it and then very carefully poke my head around. I can see in perfect darkness up to 120 feet. Okay. I want to note that, that Stabby is right behind Warren, uh, clutching his clothes as not to uh, get lost, but to support him. Uh, Emotionally? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm his like, a, like a child <laughs> holding onto a moo moo. <laughs> I'm an emotional support halfling. Oh my God. I'm sorry, but you're going to need a permit for that emotional support halfling. <laughs> We're going to need to see some papers here. And your hair's not blue enough for it. So as you creep down to that corner and you see that it, it turns to the uh, goes down to the west. You see it continues being 10 feet wide. At about 20 feet, there's a door against the north wall. At 30 mm -hmm. feet, there's a door against the north wall. 40 feet, there's a door against the north wall. And then the corridor continues to go on for about another 50 feet where it dead ends in a door. Okay. Uh, I'll turn around and kind of like look at Stabby. I see a door just a short ways up, but there's many, many more. And I'm sorry, how far down did you say it goes, ultimately? Uh, completely, it probably goes down about 70 feet. Okay. But at 20 feet, there's a door. 30 feet, there's a door. 40 feet, there's okay. a door. And then it goes down another 30 feet or so where it dead ends. And then there's a door that's right against the, the western wall. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll turn back to Stabby. We should probably leave, but there are more doors down here. I am a little curious what he was storing down here. As am I. Um, I I'm sorry to ask this again. It, it, the room, can you give me where the doors are again? Sure. If you're, as you guys have gone down south, down that one quarter, and you look around the corner to the west, the corridor itself is still 10 feet wide. At 20 feet, there's a door against the northern wall. At 30 feet, 10 feet away, there's another door against the northern wall. At 40 feet, there's another door against the northern wall. So there's three doors. Then it goes for another 30 feet where the corridor ends. And at that ending, 
there's a door against that western wall. Okay, so three doors across the northern wall. And then one door in the western wall, which is the end of the corridor. I had four doors. But... Okay. Are these, it is, is, it this... is four doors. Yeah, but yeah. not on the northern wall. No, three on the northern wall yeah. and one at the end of the, the corridor going to the is... west. Are the halls finished? They look just... Uh, they, look... they just put pictures up. <laughs> <laughs> they look similar to the stone above, but they appear to be more ashen. They're not mm-hmm. as deep gray as the ones that were up above. These just... Yeah, they're they're of a lighter complex complexion, more pale. Okay. You gotta like it on the budget end. Yeah, like screw it, it's going underground anyways. But you remember <laughs> that? Uh, what's his name? When he drew you this this diagram, mm-hmm. there was no subterranean aspect to the diagram he drew. No, this there manner, wasn't. So first and second floor only. Um, was his, I think his name was Gregol. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll look back to Zabby. So should we check out the rooms or should we go deal with Cobalts? And uh, I mean, I'll look over to Flint and, and Sirkin, I'm assuming they're maybe just a short ways behind us. I'm, I mean, I would love to see, but this might seem like a rabbit rabbit hole. Might seem like we'll, we'll get kicked out <laughs> before we figure out what exactly is being held here. Agreed. Yeah. I would like to see this place. I think that there are, are clues here of what we're getting into. Mm-hmm. And um, I question the Baroness's motives. She seems awfully persistent in us not coming here and, and going to the quarry. Agreed. And that, my, that raises my, suspicion. My other suspicion too. Uh, so how do brian do we do we know exactly what the baroness's like region is that she is responsible for she's responsible for belhaim itself which although the town is is fairly small it does extend much much wider than that i think i've got a picture of uh let's see if i can find it things here Oh, okay. That kind of give you an idea. It, it extends, a little bit. It extends well into the wilderness as well. Okay, and, but and like this is this is the only like town that is within her domain. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's probably smaller tr- uh, trade towns or, or little villages and stuff that maybe have their own type of commerce, but none of them directly impact the economy of Belheim itself. They they used to get all their commerce through the limestone that they once dug from the from the, the quarry mm-hmm. but that's no longer a, an option since it's been since it was flooded over i think quite some time ago okay um i agree with you stabby um and and uh you know i'm interested in what the rest of you are thinking i do think that the baroness's motivations are suspect however what she has tasked us to do will still benefit the town even beyond benefiting the baroness so i would recommend that we go deal with the kobolds now assuming that we can do so in a timely manner before we even go and check in with the baroness and hopefully without one of the guards here we can 
come back and do a more thorough search. Maybe we'll have a better idea of what we might be looking for after we've dealt with the cobalts. Make a perception check, everybody. Uh oh, that's not good. <laughs> Flint. Sorry, I haven't got mine. Throw my dice. Hold on. Sirkin, what do you got? Eight. Eight. Stabby. Fifteen. Fifteen. Warren. Hard twenty. Yeah. Oh. Flint. I'm I'm distracted with the five. All right. So you, Flint and Sirkin, you guys are distracted by you know, just being subterranean in an area that Gregor said he knew nothing about. But Stubby and Warren, from above you hear some kind of a uh, of a commotion. But Warren, you can definitely pick it out. It sounds like Deputy uh, Mule up there calling down, like from the front door. You know, where are all you guys at? I, yes, I, my job's on the line. You know, <laughs> I'll 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 gesture to, to you said Stabby. Five minutes. Let, it's been longer than five minutes. Uh, uh, as we approach the stairwell, Warren will holler up. We said ten, but we're coming up now. Where where are you guys at? I'm not going. I'm not going in that place. All right, we're in the back room. We'll be out in a second. Seven, All of you ten. together at the same time <laughs> in the back room, huh? What's going on back there? Y'all need some help? <laughs> like you said, you weren't coming into the house. <laughs> I might have changed my mind. Anyway, so uh, uh, if nobody else is, is heading up there, Warren will go ahead and head up to the front door. Okay, so you guys return back to the front door. Yeah, following out. Yes, Debbie reluctantly uh, follows the group. He's... He's very interested in what's going on in this manner, and I'm I'm in not a huge rush to um, work on the Baroness's timeline. So, Deputy what? Mule sees you guys coming up and, and getting ready to leave, and oh, so he starts buttoning his shirt back up. <laughs> well, what all did you find down there? Yeah. Well, is there anything I can tell the Baroness? I mean. Uh, well, you can tell the Baroness that poor Hunkley's birds need uh, to be uh, fed. Okay. And well, uh, uh, homes found. Who's homes found? What? The birds need homes. Oh, <laughs> got it. <laughs> <laughs> so as you guys walk out, he slowly closes the door. I'll, uh, Behind you guys. Uh, as we go out, Warren will actually like flip him a gold coin. Um, and say, uh, thanks for keeping an eye out here. Uh, you know, I have to ask, how, how'd you guys get into this place? I mean, I I know the dead Kabul was on the floor, but I, I would have thought that he could have got in at some point. But I'm a, I have to assume that the front door was locked. How did you all get inside that place? Oh, I don't know, Stabby. Was the door locked? The door was locked. Why do you ask? I'm just curious because uh, I know the Baroness, she was pretty pretty adamant she didn't want anybody inside Honkley's manor. Yeah, I... Well, I they, they were at odds, you know. Uh, Honkley had petitioned her several times to take to tear down the witch tower so that he could have a view of the eastern sky, and she kept refusing him. 
because that was where her deceased husband expired and uh it was more of a of a monument to his memory but uh yeah they, so they always had words but i know that she was very adamant that she didn't want anybody going in there because she was a afraid of traps and whatnot inside of his his manor. I look at Deputy Mule and say, I, I think we're well equipped to deal with traps. Um, I toss him a gold piece and, and tell I'm him- I'm getting all kinds of rich today. <laughs> I, I tell him that um, we, we are um, making our way to the uh, quarry now. Um, we would appreciate that you just uh, communicate to the Baroness that we are um, you know, headed towards, towards the quarry um, to um, execute on her ask of us. Right on, sir. Uh, mum's the word. I won't tell her you you find folks in the manor. Then uh, this will be our little secret. I appreciate that. No Thank problem. You. Anytime you need help, you let me know. Of he course. He kind of walks away, heading actually towards the Baroness's manor, which is more southern than where uh, you guys are at right now. And it's going to take him past the uh, the mortuary as well. Okay. So that leaves you guys knowing that the quarry is to the east, approximately a half a mile away. What time of day is it? That's probably closer to, I think, two o'clock in the afternoon at this point. And do we know how far, like how long is the march to the quarry? Well, it's a half a mile. And oh, okay. So no, without, sorry, without knowing long. what the... Uh, what the foliage and the terrain looks like because mm -hmm. the last time you saw the quarry you had gone through a hole in the very basement of the witch tower that uh you had a tube like a, a tunnel that had gone through to the quarry mm -hmm. so unless you guys wanted to go all the way back through the witch tower again you just know that the quarry is to the east agreed um and like as we head out there um I'll kind of like look to Stabby and, and Flint and Sirkin and I'll, I'll say, look, my skills are in dealing with the arcane and more uh, esoteric intellectual pursuits. And he'll like turn to like look at the, the woods and stuff. Uh, traipsing through here, trying to find kobolds who have occupied a quarry is not exactly my forte. Dealing with the kobolds once we find them, sure, absolutely, let's do that. But if uh, one of you more skilled individuals would like to take point, please do. Give me your marching order. It's either you or me, handsome. Give me your marching order. Say we put Sirkin up in the front. Yeah, I agree. Followed by. Finally, get to use my ranger skills. Yeah, Flint. Then Stebby. Got it. I guess I'm bringing up the rear. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So, Sirkin, as you're leading your procession of comrades, start heading east. Uh, you see that at one point the ground was very well trodden. You could see packed earth and sparse grass sparse trees and eventually as you start moving deeper and deeper it starts getting thicker and thicker you see that the packed earth has given way to more of a soft soggier ground you see more luscious green foliage growing up from the ground the trees start to get closer and closer together and go ahead and make a survival check to make sure that you're still going in the right direction all of us well he's the one that's leading it so okay. if you guys want to do it as well that's fine 
Oh, Ward's just following, so this is all you guys. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think our excellent ranger will be enough of a compass. Yeah. Kind of 15. 15. Okay. You feel like you're still going in the right direction, even though the tree canopy is starting to, to cover over the top, really starting to blot out the sunlight. And you feel that you're going in the right direction. Very similar to where you had originally uh, popped through when you guys found the quarry before. After about 25, 30 minutes, you guys burst through the uh, the tree line and stand on the edge of a large rock quarry where the basin of it is completely flooded. You look down and you see along the eastern shore about a 50 foot wide uh, portion of shoreline that's dotted with large boulders you could see just to the west, a hole in the middle of the quarry wall. That was where you guys had originally come out of last time. And you could see a pathway that leads from that hole all along the uh, like spirals down to the basin of the quarry where those rocks are. And you could see a cave that's down that way as well. Now the quarry itself is probably about 80 feet up in the air from the top down to the bottom. Mm. The rim of the quarry. Yes. Uh, from our vantage point, can we still see if like there's uh, still like bolts around that cave opening? Go ahead and make a perception check. That I will assist with. Oh, the easy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything about wilderness, but if I see a kobold, I could tell you I'm, I'm seeing a kobold. <laughs> well, I got a seven. Seven, you don't see them. You don't see the same kobolds that you, that you saw previously. Warren, did you say you wanted to do that too as well? Oh, yeah. I was assisting, which should have given oh. him uh, advantage, but uh, I can roll myself if you'd prefer that. If you want to. You guys tell okay. me what you want to do. Uh, oh, that's a 19. 19? Yeah, you do notice two figures occasionally moving in the mouth of that cave, mm -hmm. but they seem recessed back to where they're not completely out in the sunlight itself. Okay. Do I, I, I as a player know, but I, does does Warren know that kobolds are sensitive to sunlight in general? I don't know because I don't know what his history is with them. Okay. You, would, you would have to tell me whether or not if he's ever fought a kobold before, if he's ever fought them in the daylight or not. Uh, probably his fighting is... is fairly minimal. I mean, mostly it's just, you know, has he run across any sort of uh, bestiary that had kobolds listed in them? Probably. I imagine he's pretty well rounded with okay. uh, with his history on different creatures in the world, especially uh, down here around Belheim and whatnot. Okay. So even though they don't uh, go into the town, it's not, they're not unfamiliar with him. Okay. Um, I will... Uh, note to everyone else uh i do see a couple of uh, kobolds that are inside the cave a little bit which does not surprise me too much as they are sensitive to sun so let's pick our path carefully and we could certainly try to get a drop on them what's the distance from us to the cave entrance from where we're at well i had to do the hypotenuse theory um uh, you're 80 feet up <laughs> and uh, 
judging by where the quarry comes out, you're probably about 30 feet away. So it's, I'm going to say, what is that? 30 feet, uh, maybe 240 feet on a, uh, on an angle. Okay. Maybe. Is that Fair enough. Who okay. knows? Shit, I don't know. Divided by two. What is that? That's the area. That's the area. You're probably about 150 feet away from them on a downward angle. So we have okay. a high ground. You do. But the problem is, is you also have where they're recessed beneath the lip of the quarry itself. Okay. So I look at the rest of the group and say, what are we doing? Let's, I'm ready to kill some kobolds. Well, let's do it. We see if we can get the surprise on them. I have a fair bit of range, but I will still need to get a little closer. Uh, my trusty yeah. bow will get get me close enough. Sure, might you uh, be able to find us a route down the hill? Which one are you asking now? Kjartan. Kjartan, of course. Not Sirkin. Sirkin. Why Sirkin, do I keep doing that? Sirkin couldn't make it tonight, <laughs> so we got Kjartan All right. filling in. We're filling in today. Uh, Wasn't he your character from the uh, Hidden Shrine? I was going to say... Did 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 yeah. did he get like you know killed and then and same dash like another like I don't think so. And, oh, okay. uh, um, I guess I'll lead the group down and try to find uh, the quickest route, but also try to stay out of the the, the sight lines of the kobolds in the cave. Okay. As best as possible. Okay. Describe for me how you're going to descend this quarry. Um. I guess Sirkin will lead by just kind of crouching down and kind of just not really walking, kind of like briskly walking down, um, taking that uh, path down. Okay. Everybody crouch. Everybody crouch down. Crouch. I'm already short. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a dwarf. Sirkin, as you start going down, you see from behind one of the large boulders an arrow get fired at you. Fourteen. Fourteen? That'll miss. Okay, and another arrow. And that's going to miss as well. That's at that point you see that behind one of the large boulders that looks as though it has a slight overhang, you see two more kobolds stationed closer to the water line. Okay. All right. So start making your way down. Uh, I How far away are they? They're probably about 60 feet away as you guys made your way. In fact, let's go ahead and do, roll some initiative. While we're I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to knock those fuckers off that rock. <laughs> <laughs> they're under a rock, actually. They're kind of like, oh. there's a rock overhang, and uh-huh. they're kind of under it, looking up at you guys firing that way. Uh, okay. Oh, Flint, what do you got? <laughs> I got a one. <laughs> Warren, what do you got? Uh, unfortunately, my streak of good rolls did not persist. I have a six. Sirkin. Three. Stubby. I rolled a 23 on a hard <laughs> 20. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's the way to do it. Freaking, he's gonna get to go like three rounds before <laughs> we do. <laughs> it's great. 
So, Stubby, you see these two arrows fly at Sirkin from under an overhang of a rock that's closer to the water line. Sirkin's partially down the mountain. I don't know where you are on this mountain as well, on this trail. But what um, do you want to do? If we were in marching order, I was third in line. Okay. So I shouldn't have been too far behind Sirkin. Um, I don't have a line of sight to these kobolds then. They've got partial cover. Okay. Um, can I tell from my location if I move down a little bit? Um, will I reveal myself more or reveal their location better? Well, you're already out in the open. You might be able to get a better shot at them. Uh, but you're you're clearly out in the open the way that this quarry is designed. There's okay. nothing else. There's no more trees. There's no more there's no cover. Or, no, there's no cover. You're completely out in the open. Okay. Um, I'm going to um, roll stealth and go stealth and then move down um, to get a clearer shot. Okay. Okay. And I rolled a a nine on my stealth check. I am. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to um, uh, equip my bow and and draw draw back but but um, in the direction of where I see the kobolds and slowly make my way down um, to see if I can um, observe where they're at and get better uh, shot okay yeah they're still hanging out under what appears to be like a the overhang is probably about five and a half six feet tall and they're they're tucked under there when they would fire it looked as though they kind of came out fired and then tucked back in there still getting partial cover okay and and how far do i have to run and there's absolutely no cover at all around here no all right um i'm gonna i'm gonna run down uh well i'm still i'm not in stealth because i failed i'm gonna run forward um i'll i'll, I'll just take my full movement Okay. Uh, what's your my, what's your full movement distance? Uh, what is that? Thirty feet. Twenty five. So, Twenty five. So you could go yeah, fifty feet down. Okay. Yep. So I'll go fifty feet down. Okay. So you still have about another thirty feet before you get to the bottom of the quarry. You see the two individuals, the two kobolds, come out from under the overhang again. One fires at you, Stubby. For 21. Uh, he hits. For get my glasses out again. For three points of damage. And he has three other people. For Sirkin. For 21 to hit. Yep. All right. For seven points of damage. And they each tuck back in after they fire. Fucking turd burglars. Warren. Uh, Warren gestures uh, in the air, and uh, there's a brief like warping of uh, of of the air around him as he casts a uh, mage armor spell. Um, that will be his action. He yeah. is going. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and then uh, he is going to move. Uh, uh, I will move. Uh, 
my movement speed uh, closer to the uh, kobolds. Uh, they're like down. Uh, they're like downhill from us a little bit, right? Yeah, there's there's still. Uh, if you look at the entry to the cave, mm-hmm. there's a big boulder that's about twenty feet in front of it, right next to the water line, mm-hmm. because the the shore goes between fifty and thirty feet depending on the, mm-hmm. the waveness. One of the large rocks there that has an overhang. That's where the other two are at. But you also remember that there were two that were in the cave as well. Right. Which you guys saw that were walking back and forth. But they haven't come out. They haven't done anything yet. Okay. So, so. Um, I will move, like, closer down in the direction we're going. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to move a little bit, uh, just slightly off the path away from, like, the edge so that they don't have as much of a line of a sight on me. Okay. Great. If that... If Are you going to go sense. your full? Yeah, that makes sense. You're going to go your full movement, uh, which is thirty. Yes, I use so my action to cast a spell. Okay. No, because I cast I cast uh, mage armor. Got it, Sirkin. You've already gone partially down this hill already. Would you? You went sixty feet, right? Was it sixty feet? Did you go max distance, or did you just go thirty feet? Uh, I, I think I just went thirty feet. Okay. What would you like to do? You know that they're these kobolds that are firing at you because you're just kind of like a cockroach on a white carpet right now. <laughs> wow, that's a <laughs> Yeah, well, um, a I'm going to I'm going to use my full movement and join up with um, Warren and then I'm going to pull out my longbow and try to um, try to attack the kobold that, that actually hit me. I'm not sure okay. which one that was. Uh, one of the two that's underneath the, the overhang. Okay. Go ahead. Let's see. Now they're under partial concealment. So I believe you roll with disadvantage on that. Disadvantage. Uh, if they have cover, their AC is actually increased by two. There's concealment oh, okay. is, not right. an, is not a 5e thing. Okay. Uh, go for it. All right. Uh, 12. Made me take my glasses back off again, goddammit. <laughs> Miss. Damn. I've got like this banging headache right now that's just killing me. Things mm. wake me up all day. So you've done your full movement, Flint. Yes. You're still at the top of the quarry right now. What would you like to do? Flint would like to move down the hill 25 feet because that's his max. And he would like to take a shot at the two knuckleheads that are on the overhang. Under the overhang. Under the overhang. Uh, you said partial, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to class uh, make a deck save for one of them. 12. 12. That's a fail. It's going to be eight points of radiance. This is the other thing I was going to tell you. Uh, target gains no benefit from cover for the saving throw. Okay. You hear this hissing noise come from underneath the overhang. You hear, you okay, man? I'm going to take care of you, buddy. Oh, no, it's the sheriff. Stubby. I'm at, I'm at the bottom of this ramp now, down at the quarry floor. Yeah. Okay. And then um, do I have any better line of sight on these two? You do. Cobalt? You can see directly underneath the overhang at this point. Okay, so I can see. You see two of them. You see one of them 
just took some damage from whatever happened from above, high up. Can I tell which one took the damage? Say to the one to the right. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, shoot uh, uh, my short bow at the one on the right. Okay. And that's a 14. That hits. Okay. So, and I did five points of piercing damage. Okay. You see him take it again. They both look at you. One of them draws back his bow, fires right at you, Stubby. Well, uh, what's up? I wasn't quite done with mine. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, Because I I can do uh, cunning action. Okay. So I'm going to attempt to um, hide, right? Yes. Okay. Cunning action, hide, oh, what is it? Stealth. 18. 18, okay. He does not see where you have disappeared to. He only sees that there are three other individuals. Warren. One of them pokes out. I am far, I I was specifically trying to move farther, far enough back. He may be able to see me, but ideally I would like to have moved far enough back to have cover. Okay. Then he wouldn't, he wouldn't attack you then. Okay. I don't know if that was. So one, two, three for Sirkin. Sirkin. That'll hit with a uh, 22. Or six points of damage. And the other one is fired at you, Flint. For doing what you did to him, and he misses. <laughs> Warren. Uh, I will move back towards the edge here, and uh, a little bit maybe further down, do I have a clean line of sight on them? You still see the, the lower portion of his torso stick out, because as soon as they fired, they pulled back again. But now they also have to deal with Stubby, who's got a direct line of sight on them. But they don't okay. know where he's at. So Okay. I am going to move basically as far down and to the edge as possible. And I'm going to ready an action. So the okay. first one of them that pokes its head out, I will use my reaction to cast Eldritch Bolt on them, hopefully splattering them against the uh, rocks. Okay. Sirkin. Um, so there's, they're under partial cover, right? Right. Uh, how far away is Stabby from where I was? Well, he's all the way on the bottom at this point. I think that you, did you make it down to the bottom yet? Um, I think I said I was going to follow Warren, but I, I, I think I meant to, to go down. Okay, yeah, because Warren's still up at the top. Yeah. So you're you're probably about thirty feet down the mountain, okay. and I don't know if you moved again on your last turn. So I did move again. Yeah. Okay, so you went another three. So you got twenty feet before you get down to the bottom. Then. Okay, um, I'm just gonna go the full distance, uh, thirty feet, uh, continue down, and then I'm gonna try to fire another, um, an arrow at one of the guys. So disadvantage? No, because now you're on the bottom. Okay. Uh, 17. We'll hit. Okay. I'm getting some feedback, guys. That was weird. I heard it, too. Okay. 
for eight points of damage. Eight points. And that one that you guys have been peppering all the whole time, you see him just collapse down to the ground. Flint. Flint, happy to see him collapse. He's going to continue trotting down the hill, and he has one more guy next to him or near him, so he is going to cast Sacred Flame once again. So have him make a deck save. Another deck save. 16. 16 passes. I'm sorry, 17. That will do. That'll pass. Okay. I don't think you take did, half damage. It doesn't No, did you, do you still want to move or did you move and then fire? I moved then fire. Okay. Stubby from at the bottom of the ravine. What would you like to do? Um, I would you, like to attack the other kobold that stands next to his dead compadre. Okay. So I'm going to attack with... I'm going to save you, man! I'm going <laughs> to save you, man! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to attack with my short bow. Um, oh, man, you can't 18. do that. I rolled another 18. That'll hit. Okay. going to do uh, eight points of piercing damage. Do you Damn. get sneak attack because you're attacking from hiding? Um, that's right. I also do get sneak attack, so I get another D six. D six. One D six. Stand by. That is going to be another five points of damage. Very good. Did you want to move anywhere or stay there? You um, want to do your cunning action again? I'm going to do cunning action and uh, attempt a stealth again. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, roll the twenty. Okay. Not a hard 20. It's a flaccid 20. Flaccid 20. <laughs> flaccid. Warren, you see this kabold poke his head out mm-hmm. to get a shot okay. at Stubby. And uh, it is going to hopefully get smeared. Uh, that is a 15 to hit. That is going to hit. So he takes uh eight points of force damage and another three points of fire damage so this force damage basically just impales his corpse down to the ground and then you see it erupt in flames lighting up this overhang that him and his dead friend couple friend are are in and you see this gout of flame come out and then die down you see these two smoldering corpses and from deep inside the cave, you hear this, oh, damn. <laughs> damn, son. And that is where we will end this session. Damn, we're going to have to see you next week. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn, you fucked him up. <laughs> <laughs>